Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Hola. You can hear me say hey. Let me get situated. So, um, John was asking if I would speak this week. It's been a few weeks ago, and uh, we were talking. We were talking, and I was telling him something. I was like, man, I was listening to this sermon, and uh, the preacher said something, and it just went off like a firecracker. And John said something to me. He said, well, I'll just pray that the God would just un- unfold that for you, Danny, that he would work that out. And I was sitting in my office thinking about that later on that day. And uh, so I had these verses. It was just like a little revelation I got. Uh, and those words come back. And, and I was these verses were going through my head, and this thought was going through my head. And uh, the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> He said, do you receive the message I gave you to, to, to preach? I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, yeah. And he said, well, then write it down. So I turned around. <laughs> yes, I receive it. I'll write it down. So I got notes. It's a miracle. Sometimes I follow them. Sometimes I don't. But uh, so as I was writing, um, we're going to do a little uh, temperature check here. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some promises to y'all out of the Bible. If this is something that has ministered to you in your life, God's word, if you hear something that is like, man, that's an anchor for me. That's something I've held on to. That's a promise I felt fulfilled or that I, that's something that I hold on to. Um, And this is just like a little litmus test this morning. What I want you to do is be courageous and stand up. And when you stand up, you can say whatever you would like to say, but verbally say, glory to God, thank you, Lord, clap. If you can't stand up, you can clap or just be verbal. Can we do this? All right. So I'm going to start. It's going to go on for a minute. They're small pages, but there's three of them. So I'm just going to start reading some of these. If this, if this is something in your life that you can say, that's mine. I, I've held on to that, or or that's prevailed in my life. I just want you to stand up and give God some glory. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you All the families of the earth will be blessed. I take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap. I will not take anything that is yours lest you say I made Abram rich. We're getting warmed up here. These are all promises that God spoke. Uh, Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. If my people are called by my name and will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I know the thoughts that I have for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. To love God and to those who are called, for we know that God works all things out together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or think according to the power that works in us. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. My God of mercy shall come to meet me. God shall let me see my desire on my enemies. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Oh, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. I can preach that one all day. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall condemn. This is the heritage of the Lord, of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says God. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads me with benefits. The God of our salvation, our God is the God of salvation, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated with Christ. <laughs> that was a picture that God gave me. It was a litmus test. He's like, Danny, just take them through some promises and let's see the, the testimony. Do you guys feel your faith rising a little bit? Amen. It's good to be reminded of what God's done for us, isn't it? Amen, and I'm sure there was a different picture going through each and every person's mind as this scripture came and that one came, different times when you held on. Am I right? Amen. Uh, this morning, I'm going to start taking you through hearing God, and we just heard some of God, didn't we? We just heard all kinds of verses, all kinds of promises, and all kinds of things uh, that we just went through there, and... Uh, Man, I want to keep going. That was good. Thank you, Lord, for that. Um, so what I want to talk to you about today is, you know how sometimes when you're traveling, you get a your radio, you're tuning your radio, and man, you're trying to find something good. And it's like, what's going on, man? I'm like, My achy, breaky heart, you know, and you come on over here. Let's go back over here. But life gets like that in our head. I mean, your head, it is so hard to hear God sometimes. Man, when troubles and the issues of life starts popping up and you start dealing with this and dealing with that, it's kind of like going through that, that tuner radio. It's like anxiety's jumping up, and you're like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this. That's, that's going to get me in it. i got to get over here. Like, how do I, how do I stay in tune? How, how do I... Just how do I get peace in this situation? How do, I, how do I find my path through this valley I'm going through? Amen? How does all that happen? And, I, and, and the word I heard the preacher say was this, and it, all, and it was just a comment. He wasn't necessarily preaching right on this line, but he said, faith is in the heart. And when I heard him say that, it was like this just light went off in me because it wasn't, that verse, which we're going to go read where that verse is in the Bible here in just a little bit. But the thing about the heart is that's where all the issues of life come from. That's where all our, our trouble comes from. And I'm going to read you some verses about the issues of the heart. And uh, I think they're going to put some up. So we're going to go to Proverbs 4.23. And it says... Uh, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. All right, we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to jump a few scriptures here for a minute because I, I want us to see a picture of our heart. You know, you hear people all the time, you know, when I was growing up, you know, follow your heart. Um, do y'all know that's not biblical? 
Does anybody know that? Like, your heart is not to be trusted. At all. Um, so we're going to go to Matthew uh, 5.27. I think I'm going to read some of these off the screen. You got that up? This is Jesus talking. And... uh. So here's, here's two reasons not to trust your heart that I'm going to go through here. Murder and adultery. Jesus is teaching on them, and he says, uh, let me, hmm. If that was a $100 bill, that'd be a better drop, wouldn't it? Let's just set that there. It don't want to be up here. So Matthew 5. You have heard it. Uh, said to those of old that you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman uh, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. There's something in your heart that's, that uh, is not good. And we don't see that without Jesus telling us. Now, if we backed up a few scriptures, did I do that there? Uh, in, the, in the same chapter, back up to verse 21, that's where we see murder. Uh, my caption here, this is Jesus talking, it even says, uh, murder begins in the heart. You have heard it said to those who are of old, you shall not commit murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And he's talking about the heart here. Um, this, is, this is the same thing. He's telling us that, that and let's keep going. He's, he's telling us about our heart. Let's, let's hear what Jesus has to say about some more stuff. So... The next verse I've got, I wish I could read my own handwriting. Is that Matthew 15? Is that the next one? Yep, let's go there. Matthew 15. Eighteen and nineteen is where we're gonna go. And this is Jesus talking again. He said, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the and they defile a man. Whoa. For out of the heart, verse 19, do you see that? Out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies, fears, anxieties. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. And uh, we're going to keep going, painting a picture here. Uh, unbelief. We're going to go look at unbelief in the heart in, in Hebrews 312 and kind of what we're talking about here this is some of the re, uh, kingdom realities like John's been talking about you know we're going to get to our a kingdom reality that's there for us here shortly as soon as we finish painting this picture um, so Hebrews 312 says beware brethren Oop, lost my place beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart but what's it related to here? Unbelief. Sometimes we don't think of that. Actually, this could be the worst condition out of all of them. Amen. We've heard John preach that the highest form of uh, worship is what? Obedience. That's right. And, and this was in Hebrews 3. He's talking about when Israel came out of Egypt. First thing they did was doubted. They had unbelief in their heart, and what would have been a, well, like a, a very short trip turned into 40 years. And God said, I swear that because of your unbelief, you'll not enter the promised land, and not a one of them did. You know, you, you think about your life, you know, what's God wants you to do? You know, are, are we taking faith in that? Are we, are we trusting him to carry us, or are we, are we defaulting to unbelief? You know, probably out of murder and adultery and all this stuff that's in there. See, you can, you can bounce around all that stuff, but not believe in God, the Bible calls it evil. Evil unbelief. Man, how can that be in there too? Um, they did not obey when he directed them, and verse 19 here says, could not. See, when you don't believe God, it's not that you won't do something or you can't. When God's called you to something, the Bible says right there that they could not enter the promised land. 
it is impossible to enter what God has for you without doing what God wants you to do. Can I get an amen? amen. You can't. So my question is, how is it possible, referring to uh, Romans 10.10, because that's where this, uh, the sermon I was listening to, the pastor was referencing that faith is in the heart. How can, man, that's like a, a cloud, man. It's like all this stuff can be going on in our heart, but all of a sudden faith is of the heart? All right, Danny, what are you talking about? Well, let's look at it. But I, I, I want to remind you that as a Christian, as a born-again believer, that God has given you the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and a sound mind or self-control. Amen. And right here, we're gonna we're gonna jump on over. Now we're gonna we're gonna flip the page. No, we're not. We're going to James. And then we're gonna turn the page. Man, it's a good thing I wrote notes down. Because y'all don't want to miss James. He's good. See all my sermon notes falling down? They make good bookmarkers too, John. I've got so many of those things. I want to read this one right out of the Bible. All right, we're going to go to James, uh, 1 James Verse 14. So I want to remind you something before I read this too. So the Bible tells us, um, I don't have the chapter and verse here, but that Jesus was tempted in every single way. And and he successfully handled every temptation, right? We get a picture of that in like Luke 4 when Jesus is being tempted by the devil. So every time a thought enters your mind, it is not sin at that point. If it was, then Jesus couldn't have endured temptation. Amen. I heard a, a, a preacher one time say that just because the birds are flying around don't mean you got to give them a nest. Amen. There's things, there's things keeping us confused. People speak in fear and anxiety over us day after day all the time. There's confusion everywhere. And James is talking here because sometimes as believers we have, we have this tendency to want to kind of Blame our problems over here, put them over there, lay it over here. But I love James, boy. He cuts right to the point. And James right here is describing what happens in verse 14. He says, I'm going to back up to 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. How many times do you hear that? Man, I'm telling you, God must be trying to teach me a lot. He must be trying to show me something because of that tornado or, or, you know, my family's falling apart. Or I mean, we can go on and on and on. And this is what we're saying. This is what James talking about. We're not, let no one say he is tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Amen. And then he cuts it right here. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Ow. Then when the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So many times that thought will go through. We'll be aggravated at a situation. Y'all ever sit there in a conversation with yourself with the other person that's not there? You're just having it anyway? <laughs> Man, I rip him up man I'm gonna tear him up you know you get all these things how could they do that you know and you get in this little no one else knows but in your mind you're just boiling you know this is this is giving in to a thought this is how we chase it down this is how you commit adultery in your heart this is how you commit murder in your heart this is how you become a thief in your heart see that thought travels you know you should be mad at him or I can't believe you'd let them do that how many of y'all ever heard that in life these are thoughts that will, that will come in and just explode in your mind and in your heart. You'll have unforgiveness built up. You'll have all this stuff just raging in your heart, and you'll just have a little smile outside. Amen? But James says that when you are enticed, let me tell you what enticed means. That means to attract or tempt by offering pleasure or advantage. Somehow we find pleasure in these self 
conversations we have in our heart. Amen. We feel like we're solving the world's biggest problem, you know. And then you come face to face with the person you got ought with or that you're mad at, and everything changes, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, man. He who's been forgiven much, he forgives much. Um, so how's all this possible? How can we have all this turmoil and how can this go on, but all, and in the same place all this is going on, and in your heart, that means the center of you. That's like, that's where everything comes out of. Amen. It's, it's our mind. Um, we're born again in our spirit, right? That's where our advocate is. It's in our spirit. But even, even Ephesians 6, or maybe it ain't Ephesians 6, but, but we don't battle against flesh, but we battle against powers and principalities and and, and all this stuff. And all that's taking place right in our mind. It's in our heart. we got all this turmoil. It's like a storm cloud sometimes. Lightning bolts are coming out of it. Huh? You get one of them good conversations on the inside, that's lightning bolts. You're throwing them. In your mind. But God gave us the, the, the spirit of power, love, and self-control. So behind our the center of our being, our soul, we have our spirit. That's what's holding all this. And right there in that place, that's where we're born again. That's what's made new. That's what's perfect. But, but God, we're going to go to Romans 10. Excuse me, Romans 7, verse 8 first. Then we'll go to Romans 10. Actually, we are going to go to Romans 10. I'm going to let that one. Walk on by. See, that's how you let them thoughts go. Y'all see how I just did that? I was going to take you somewhere. See, that's what you can do. In your mind, when them, when them thoughts come, let it walk on by. So, so Romans 10, and this is talking about salvation. Everybody's familiar with this little run of uh, Scripture says, the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? Uh, verse 7, or who will descend into the abyss? Verse 8, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your... Well, how's that possible? Well, let's keep reading. So, so this is what faith sounds like, is what Romans 10 is uh, describing here. It says that if you confess with your mouth uh, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart y'all see that with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so with the heart when all this stuff is going on in our heart we have this the same ability to believe with the heart one believes so all right I got to keep painting before I start preaching you got to keep painting here. So this is good news. Um, with all of this going on, we have help. We can overcome all this wretchedness. The word will help us get faith and will direct our paths. Um, we will have an awareness that God's with us in the middle of it all. See, that's what happens as you're putting the word of God in, just like we read them promises earlier. Some of y'all could stand up and preach a testimony from one of them verses, am I right? You could encourage someone with something that God's done in your life, and if you followed it all the way back to where that come from, it came right out of one of these verses. Matter of fact, you can't get faith no other way. Do you all believe me? Faith doesn't come. The Bible tells us where faith comes from. Let's, let's go look at that. And it's in the same chapter. So uh, Romans 10, verse 17 So I need to read, before we read Romans 10, 17, I made a note here, and I, I think I need to read it. So with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. 
Neth. Ness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So if we also believe with the heart, how can it be we are believing something? And that's why, that's why we need to renew our minds to the word of God. So we can believe to righteousness or living and honoring God and prospering in all our ways. See, all that stuff's already in there. That's why you're born again. That's why you receive the word with meekness and gladness. That's why Romans 10, 17, this is where we get the instruction. How do we get faith? How do we get something else in our heart? And this is, if you don't know this first, you need to write this one on your heart because right here, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the brothers down the street. Hearing at the job site. NBC, ESPN, Facebook. I've heard people preach memes for an hour straight. I'll hear somebody talk, and I'll go scroll Facebook later, and I'm like, check, 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 check. That's not how faith comes, y'all. Faith only comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. You can hear it preached. You can hear it taught. You can sit in your quiet place and read the word for yourself, and God will start speaking to you. Amen. And it sounds different than all the murders and adulteries and fornications and blasphemies, all that stuff. It sounds different when you start putting the word of God in there. Jesus teaches this in depth in the parable of the sower in Mark 4. The word comes in seed form, and it goes into our heart. Does that kind of sound like this? When you're hearing, you're actually cultivating a field. You're, you're throwing hope right down into all that distress. You're just going to deposit it down in there. Uh, if y'all missed Mr. Kelly teaching the other night, he taught that getting the word in, he's like a 401K. I love that. Why do we put money into a 401K? Does it, can anybody answer that? It's going to be a good outcome later, right? I told you I was going to plagiarize you. Look, that's what happens. We drop the word of God into our hearts. We hear it preached. We hear testimony. It goes in and it's, it goes in and hopefully finds some good ground in there. And, and what happens in, in the parable of the sower? Uh, in due time, Jesus says at the end of it, uh, it will produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So when the word of God's going into your heart, it's, it's going into good ground. And sometimes it just sits there for a while. Amen? Sometimes we hear these things and it's like things aren't changing right away. But you got to be patient because Jesus said, just like the farmer, we don't know when the crop's going to be ready. But the one thing we do know is when it's ready, what are we doing? The farmer puts the sickle in. Amen. See, that's how God brings it back to you. He, that, that word goes in there. Then um, in due time, that's what Jesus said. He didn't say immediately. How many of y'all would be farmers if you could throw the seed in the ground and immediately you had an ear of corn sitting there for dinner? We eating good tonight, baby. Pew, pew. <laughs> that ought to be ready by 4 o'clock. That's what we want sometimes, isn't it? No, Jesus said in due time, when it's the right time, amen, when, when the enemy comes like a flood. How about that verse? You all know that one? When the enemy comes like, the, like a flood, the Lord will raise a standard against him. That's a harvest, y'all. That's when that seed has been in there for a while, and he can, and he can bring. He, all of a sudden, this faith comes out, this thing that, through time, you've been watering it and seeding it, and you've thought about it and thought it was never going to come. That's a lie, by the way. And all of a sudden, it just it, it, it starts to rise up in our heart. Well, that sounds great, Danny. But how? Let's go to Hebrews 4.12. That sounds great, Danny. I heard a whole bunch of promises that didn't mean anything to me earlier. There was people standing all around me, Danny, and they were excited. But I just don't see the purpose. I don't understand 
what everybody's so excited about. I said that in my heart when I first started coming here as an unbeliever. What are all these people crying about? What is wrong with these people? Boy, I thank God for some mature believers. I thank God for Jesus. He died for the undeserving, didn't he? I was so undeserving. I still am. Hebrews 4. And John has been touching in Hebrews 4 lately, coming to the throne boldly. But I'm going to back up a couple verses, and we're going to, we're going to see what happens when the Word of God comes in. This is, this is an anchor. And if, and if you've never heard this, then you don't understand why all these people are crying. You don't understand why people can stand up when they hear promises of God that's been walked out in their life. You don't understand it. But look here. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even into the division of the soul and spirit of joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ooh, what does that mean, Danny? Well, let me tell you. We see here that the word has discernment power. Y'all say that. Discernment power. That's how he's helping us. See, the word goes in, and all of a sudden it starts to create this two-way mirror effect. Y'all ever seen a two-way mirror? Like, all of a sudden, most of the time when you look in a mirror, you can see yourself. So at first, the Bible does that. By the law, it shows us ourselves. We can see ourselves looking pretty good today. And then the word comes and it turns into a two-way mirror. Now you're looking right through that thought into the intent. This is discernment power. This is a full harvest. So uh, right there he says that it is a discerner. So we have all these thoughts and we're struggling with different things. But when the word of God produces the fruit that it's promised to produce, now all of a sudden I see that ought I had with my brother as an issue that I need to deal with. Now all of a sudden instead of me having that self-conversation with myself with the lightning bolts, you know how y'all do in your mind? Y'all do that, don't you? Everybody being quiet. The word comes, and all of a sudden, there's some fruit for He who has been forgiven much does what? He loves much. Oh, man, I can see that I'm wrong here. I can see that I don't need to keep walking down this path in my mind. I can see that I'm being enticed by unforgiveness. I can see that I'm being enticed it seems like a great harvest, but all of a sudden the word has shown me where I'm wrong. Amen? And it's like, man, when that starts to happen, there's so many things going through my head where God is. And this is what we call the renewing of your mind. How can, you know, in, in Romans he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's exactly what he's talking about here. You're receiving discernment power when you get the word of God in you and just like that 401k that sucker is going to pay out amen Kelly you put it in there and it's going to pay out and I, wrote, and I wrote some thoughts here the word in your heart well I just told you that it's like having a, a spiritual a two-way mirror it's like a laser a two-edged sword it will reveal wrong and evil thoughts and guide us into righteousness. It will help us to stay self, to not stay self-deceived. The devil goes about like a roaring lion seeing who he can deceive. Jesus said, pray that you don't become deceived. Somebody knows that verse over here. If Jesus says, pray that you don't become deceived... Why do you think you're right all the time? Why is it right that we attack our, our brothers and hold unforgiveness and, and go through all these things in our mind? It's the wrong field, y'all. 
But the word of God's like a laser. He comes through and he, he, he transforms that thing so you can see it for what it is. That faith will come when you put it in, receive the implanted word. When it goes in there, all of a sudden this harvest starts to come. And now, at different times in your life, and I thank God for grace because I still fall on my face in between these times. Amen. But there is times that God will not let you fall on your face. He'll let, he'll let that, that word that was planted in your heart, he'll let it. He'll let it just shine in your heart like, Danny, you know, do you want to receive this word? Yeah. Well, then write it down. Do you want to forgive that person? Do you really want this weight on your shoulders your whole life? Well, then forgive that person. And Christy was telling me about a sermon she heard about forgiveness. And, and you know, the, one of the biggest points is forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's for you. This word is for you. It's not for us to look at all the problems going out in life. It's for us to uh, hear the word. We receive it with gladness, right? Receive it into good ground, and we're patient. We sit on it. We hold on to it until it produces in our life. Amen? Um, so it will reveal wrong and evil thoughts and, and guide us into righteousness. You know how much joy you have? How much joy comes and satisfaction comes in your life when you're living by God's word, when you're forgiving people, when you're, you know, you're you're honoring your marriage, you're you're honoring your pastors, you're doing your your the the things that God tells us to do um, in His Word. Um, you know, it says in uh, somewhere, I promise you, it says that. Uh, that the, the people laboring in the word deserve double honor. Um, and I've watched Pastor John in my short life here. I came here in 2009 at the beginning, and I got born again at the end. And I'm telling you, I've seen John walk through some seasons, y'all. I've seen him preach when he was in no condition to preach. That the Bible says you got to walk out your salvation with fear and trembling, doesn't it? Not knowing how things are going to work. And, uh, and John, deserve, you deserve double honor, John. Your labor is not unseen. It's not unappreciated. And it's, uh, it's been a light in my life that guides me. So thank you for that. Um, but we don't need to be self-deceived in our thoughts. We don't. See, this is the place where... Man, it's so natural. We just want to look at a situation going on in our life, and we want to find cause in the situation, don't we? We want to figure out who's wrong. We want to, we want to peddle the blame here, peddle the blame there. But the Word of God works different. It just works different. When that two-way mirror pops up and that laser starts to happen, and you can see for the first time. And not only that, God will start speaking to you. Um, you can see things in the light for the first time. And, man, it's hard to change. When you start trying to renew your mind, man, it's some of the hardest things to do. Sometimes you got to change the people you're hanging out with. And maybe God's called you to a people. That don't mean you run from them. And that's a form of disobedience, isn't it? You can't get into the promised land by running from the people God sent you to. So you got to be careful with that one. Amen? Got to be careful with that one. Uh, but when we're discerning by the word, we hear God's voice. We hear God's verse. When that discernment power comes in us, hey, that's when you're getting fruit, y'all. Maybe some of y'all don't know that. When you can see in your heart the things that you need to change, right? First, our ministry is to ourselves. If we're not walking in what we're saying, we're wrong. Amen. We don't need to be found with... Uh, the hypocrites. We don't need to have a seat with them. Um, not that we're not going to mess up. You know, shortfalls are going to come. Things are going to happen. We're going to trip up, but we're going to be okay. We're going to get back on the right path. Um, so we want to hear God's voice as we start to discern, as the word starts to show us, like that two-way mirror, like that laser cutting right through our flesh, all the way to the thoughts and intents of our heart. That's a deep laser, y'all. That's deep. But once we start to discern his leading, and the Holy Spirit will uh, he'll convict us of sin. That's part of the laser. 
That's far laser. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn you. You know, God's teaching me a lesson. That's all a bunch of hooey. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn you. Now, God will teach you things, absolutely, but not in the way that people like to put it. He, he teaches us things to lead us into righteousness. He doesn't teach us things to leave us with a bruise. Amen? Uh, so the Holy Spirit, part of that laser, that's the power of the laser. It comes and convicts us of sin where we're wrong in our heart. Uh, thank God we're forgiven. Amen? But that's, that's how he leads us into truth. Because if we can see, if we can see where something went wrong, if we can see where a wrong thought was, where we had an intent that was off, if we can see that in our heart and we can repent, we can renew our mind, then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're on the other side of the verse that says, and it came to pass. Hey, man, my grandma, this is some faith that got handed down to me. My mom told me, she said, her mom, my grandmother, she's like, she, she always had something that stuck with me. And uh, it was two verses, but it was never the whole verse. It was just the beginning. And uh, the first one was, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank right here. It came to pass was the last one. I'm trying to think of the first one. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. We'll come back to that. Um, so I want to talk to you about, all right, what are we doing with all this? What are, what are we doing? Hearing God is vital to living by faith. How do we recognize his voice? Anybody in here know how to recognize God's voice? Okay. All right, that's good. How do we, I mean, it should have been a whole lot more hands, y'all. Um, and that's okay. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you're hearing God's voice and you're not sure. I hope that this helps you today. Um, so how do we recognize his voice? How do we tune into him and know, how do we know that God's speaking to us in the middle of all our life, in the middle of all the turmoil that's going on? How do we know that God's speaking to us? Sometimes it doesn't come like a scripture. So I want to take y'all on a little trip here. We're going to um, how do we know? I want you all to turn to Kings, and I'm going to read a couple other verses. First Kings, uh, chapter 19. But here's a few hints uh, if you're struggling with hearing God's voice. I want to read this to you. Uh, this is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Amen. You know that conversation we keep talking about we have in our head? That's our thoughts. Uh, Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God is speaking to you in the middle of your thoughts. Amen? There can be a little interruption that comes, just like the one I've spoke about a few times when I was in my office, and God's like, do you want to receive this message? Well, then write it down. God can speak really plainly to you, and sometimes we think, uh, you know, it's got to be thus saith the Lord, or it's got to be a verse, or it's got to be some bright shining angel visitation. No, the Word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He knows how to speak to you right where you're at. Right in the middle of your confusion, He can speak to you, and as the Word promises, provide you a way of escape. You know, when God's talking to you, a lot of times it could be just that, a way of escape. Amen? Here's another one for you. Um, let's go to Kings. So, the story we're coming into in 1 in, uh, Kings here is of the prophet Elijah. And i got to give you a little backstory. So, Elijah, if you don't know the story, he was, he was a, a lone prophet. And this is before where we're coming in. I just want to set up the backdrop here of what's going on. So Elijah is going up against 400 prophets, false prophets. And they're all, and he has this great victory against them. And he's like, you know, whoever can call down fire from heaven, that's who, you know, that's, that's where God is. And so these prophets go on and cut themselves and do all this stuff. And 
nothing happens. They can't get their little sacrifice to burn up. And Elijah, I love it, he pours water on it. He's like, yeah, pour more. Pour more, put some more water on it, keep going. You know, and God does this thing, boom, lights it, lights it, burns it. And God's done this great thing. Elijah ends up slaughtering these 400 prophets at God's um, direction. And so we, we catch up with him here because right after this happens, we catch up with Elijah in this story. He's running uh, from Jezebel. Um, so right after he's had this great victory, all of a sudden Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you just like you killed them, and all this fear comes on him. And if we pick up in this story, let me get there. We're just going to read a little bit of it because you need to understand where he was coming from because I think there's these victories that happen. That ain't going to stay up anyway. There's these victories that happen along the way in our life. And one second we're on a mountaintop. We just had this giant victory. And then the next second, something that doesn't even make sense is threatening us and we're running for cover. And it doesn't make sense that God just done this giant miracle and, and exp, you know, this thing that he did uh, for Elijah and he's running for his life. Because that's where we're going to catch up with Elijah here. Then Jezebel, this is 19. Uh, verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that he'd done and how also he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if we do not make your life as the one of them uh, by one of the prophets by tomorrow. So uh, he takes off. I want to read this. Um, and when he saw it, he arose. This is uh, verse 3. And when he, my eyeballs went cross. And when he saw it, that he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. So not only is he running, his help, he's leaving his help behind. He's running for his life. He is scared to death. Uh, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, Is it enough now? Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay down and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake of bread on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave. How many of y'all went into a cave before? I got to find my way out of it constantly. Amen. Man, this life will throw all kinds of stuff at you. I don't know where your battle is, where God's called, what front you're sitting on today. But, man, there's a battle, and that's what it wants to do is force us into a cave. It wants us to push our help away from us and, and end up in self-pity. That's what we're seeing here. I love how God's still helping him, but, man, he's falling into some self-pity here because his own neck's on the line. Amen? And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place, and, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Uh, actually, he didn't. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel uh, have forsaken your covenant. Remember I said we're always looking for somebody else to talk about? Elijah's not innocent. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Let me tell you something. Don't ever assume that you know everything. Elijah just said, I alone am left. Man, don't we get to feeling like that sometime? Like we're all on our own? There's no help? How are we going to dig our way out of this? How am I going to find my way? How am I going to get joy back in my life after this turmoil that's happened? After this break, after this 
this thing where it seems like I've just been completely separated. Lord, my joy's completely left me. How am I going to find my way back? I don't even know if it's ever possible again. Anybody ever been there? Lord, I don't know if I can ever recover from this right here. See, and this is why the word of God coming in like that laser and giving us discernment, it matters. Because Elijah's really just having a conversation with himself here. See, you converse with God by faith. Amen. By faith. That's how you that's how you receive God's word. That's how you talk to him back. We're going to see Elijah because he has this conversation again in faith. Uh, verse 11. So God's telling Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. So he's like, and behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire is getting hot. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. How many of y'all are thankful for a still small voice? So it was when Elijah heard that, that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Boy, the word of God will find you right in your turmoil. He'll find you right in your cave. And he'll say, what are you doing here, daughter, son? What are you doing in the middle of all this? Jesus tells us that we're going to have many troubles in life. But be a good cheer. I overcame them all. There's a way out for you. And right here, God, Elijah hears God's still small voice. This is the discernment that comes. This is how you hear God. This is when he'll... Now, now tell me this. Those of you... Uh, so saith the Lord God. Do you think that's the only way God talks? Why would God say to Elijah, what are you doing here? So saith the Lord. What are you doing here? I found in my life that when I'm up against struggles and trials and things are going on, that God will speak to me real simply right in the middle of it. And it's at different times. It's at different times, right? Right when I need to hear it. And right here, he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? I've got this call on your life. We just, and I'm sure, Elijah, man, when God speaks to me like that, it's like this whole other picture comes into my mind. Because he can say a little something like that to Elijah. And what we might see is, what are you doing here? Elijah is getting a reminder of 400 prophets of Baal. He's getting a reminder of the fire coming down from heaven. He's getting a reminder of God prevailing in his life. Be strong and of good courage when you go into the promised land. I will never leave you or forsake you is a promise that God gave to Joshua. Amen, and so God directs Elijah right here. He's like, go do this, anoint this king, anoint that king, and, and Elijah's tuned right back in. He didn't get slapped upside the head. Amen. He didn't get a broken arm to teach him how to get back and prophesy and anoint people kings. No, it was a still small voice. It was the discernment of God that came into his heart and, and chased everything else out. God came and gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Man, the word of God can come in and just purge that out of us. Amen? Right in the middle of all of our trouble. When we are discovering by the word, we hear God's voice and recognize his leading. We're past that. Y'all done good. We're past that. So we're recognizing God's voice, and we're seeing right here, um, we need to see proof. You know, we need to see proof in the Bible how things work. We need to hear testimony. We need to hear God's word spoken with faith. So here's Elijah the second time, and he responds in faith, and God gets him back up on his, on his 
on his two feet and he gets out of there. Um, man, that's a dark place to be, isn't it? When you get in that cave and the hopelessness starts to set in. I was I was telling uh, Christy the other day that there's I take like mental notes from people and I don't know if it's a mental note. I'll say that there's different times that I've heard different people uh, say stuff to me in faith and it stuck. Like some of the things uh, I was having a conversation one day in here and uh, man, I can't remember. It was, uh, I wrote that verse down. Let me see where it's at here. Well, I'll tell you who said it. It was uh, Miss Brenda Grooms. We were sitting here talking, and the verse had come up, and she wasn't even talking to me. She was, like, behind me talking to someone else, and I don't remember who I was talking to. I just I remember these things. And they was talking about uh, that the Lord is the lifter of my head. And, like, when that was said, it was in a conversation. I don't know if it was something you had preached that day. Brenda turned around with this look on her face. He's the lifter of my head. And when I'm down, he has lifted my head over and over and over. And I'm telling you, that verse was written on my heart that day, Brenda Grooms. But there's different times when you'll be around people and you'll hear their faith coming out. And it'll, 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 it'll place a standard in your heart. It, it'll help you resist things in the future. And I've never forgot that day. And that was because of the faith you were speaking it with. And you just don't know how you're affecting somebody. You don't know how people see you in your trials and troubles and when you start to respond by faith to things. See, that's different than what the world's used to. Amen? Um, we're about to wind it down. We're almost a quarter of the way through. <laughs> Some of y'all will get that in the parking lot later. But God, y'all say, but God, I love saying that. God told him to go out on the mountain, tore the rocks. He wasn't in any of that. Um, and when Elijah heard, he wrapped his face. See, when you start hearing God's word, you start to get courage. He was walking back out. What was going on out there? It was an earthquake going on, it was the wind. It was the fire, and he was dodging it all. He was in his cave, but Elijah got some, some courage. What are you doing here, Elijah? Well, that means he ain't supposed to be there. Amen. He got up, covered his face in his mantle, and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. God directed him. Um, this is something that we need to carry in our hearts. We need to know that in our in our trials, in our life, that God is going to be right there ready to speak to us. Um, let's go to John 10, verse 27. So we're really going to start drilling in on God speaking to us. John 10, 27 says, My sheep, what? They hear my voice. Don't be condemned. Don't, don't be told you're crazy when you when you start to operate and walk by faith. Uh, I know them and they follow me. I'm a sheep, y'all. Amen, are y'all a sheep? Um, I have the spirit of power, love, and self-control. Worship team, if you want to come up, I'm going to start closing this down. Um, and I just kind of want to end with... Uh, I want to end with telling you about a time that God spoke to me, and it it uh it was I've been saved. I don't know how many of y'all know me, but um, man, when I got saved, God saved me. I don't want to give any glory to anything but that. But I was struggling with the spirit of uh, addiction at that time, and was God saved me? He delivers you out of all of it. I'm not going to sit here and give glory to anything except Jesus. 
But so a few years had passed, and I had these bone spurs pop up on my shoulder. I didn't know what it was. Jokingly, I went to the doctor, and I told him, because every time I went to grab my seatbelt, my shoulder had this excruciating pain in it. So he's like, I go see the doctor. He's like, well, what's going on, man? Tell me what's going on. And I said, I don't know how you're going to fix this, but my seatbelt muscle is jacked up. I was like, every time I ever hit, he started laughing. He's like, what are you talking about? And so we get to go on, and we go through the process of scans and MRIs, and we found out I had a couple bone spurs that were touching when I went like that, so it wasn't a muscle. I was completely wrong. Um, so we set up a surgery and uh, went through the surgery. It was all good. Come out of there, and he had given me some uh, anti-implant, you know, normal stuff you get when you come out of a surgery, uh, antibiotics, anti-inflammatories, and painkillers. I wasn't, like, this thought comes in, and this is where God kind of ministered to me in my life. Um, you know, um, when you struggle with something in your life, you kind of get fear for it in the future. You can be a little fearful of things. But I was trusting God. I was like, man, I'm going to go through this surgery, and uh, I need it. I need to get my shoulder back to good, and it is now, thank God. Uh, but... uh I come out of that, and he, he sent me out with instructions with the medicine, and he said, all right, you know, you're going to take this and that, and these painkillers, he's like, usually I find out with bone spur patients, when you grind on the bone, it's a more of a long-lasting pain, but it's not like, it's not like a muscle pain, and, uh, which you got to be more tender with, and you got to get therapy and all that, so he's like, he's like, these painkillers, you probably really shouldn't need them any more than a week. He's like, I'm going to give you enough for two, just in case, but you should be good after that. Let me gather my stuff up. So I come out of that and uh, was recovering, and the six or seven days had passed by, and I hadn't abused. I took the medicine, all of it, just like I was supposed to, and I was sitting there preparing uh, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I was just processing some of my thoughts for the day. And everything the doctor said was right on point. He's like, you know, you're going to have this continuous pain, but it should be bearable and this and that. And I was just sitting there processing my thoughts for the next day. It's like, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to get ready to go to bed. And in the morning, in the morning, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to take my pain medicine, and I'm – I was already done with the other stuff. That was the only thing left because he gave me two weeks. And I'm telling you, when I said that, the still small voice came. And I'm just having this conversation with myself. You know, I'm just, it's thoughts. I'm just sitting here thinking about it. And the still small voice came and he said, you can't hurt tomorrow yet. Well, that wasn't my thought. <laughs> my thought was taking the medicine. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Sufficient for today is the troubles, not tomorrow. And God spoke to me in that still small voice, and he said, you can't hurt tomorrow yet. And when he said that, later on I seen James, you know, was already starting to produce in my life when you're drawn away and enticed. Amen? The thought was in my mind. It wasn't even a big storm with fire and lightning going on yet. It was the process of self-deception. And I was doing something good. I was following a prescription. What's wrong with that? The Lord thought it was important enough to tell me, you can't hurt tomorrow yet, Danny. And I went and got Christy. I said, you're going to think I'm crazy. Just follow me. Come on. I went and got the bottle, and we went to the bathroom, and I said, I just looked at her like this, and I went, see? And she's looking at me like, what are you doing, crazy? And I was like, I can't hurt tomorrow yet, and I flushed them. Amen? God will lead you. God gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. If you'll trust him. See, that was the laser coming in on me that night. That was the laser coming into my old mindset, and it was starting to show me 
Danny, that's not an innocent thought. Next thing you know, you're going to be running out, and you're still going to have a prescription for tomorrow. See, God will come right in there, right in the middle of your confusion, even if it's not a storm, and he'll help you to be unself-deceived. And I thank God for that. And I just want to tell you guys, God, God never quits talking. He's right there in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your trials. He's right there ready to help you. Amen. Don't think because you didn't hear something, oh, the Lord God, this and that. Yeah, you may hear it that way. You may hear, uh, well, I've supplied all your need according to his riches and glory. But sometimes that need may just be a little bit of wisdom. Elijah, what are you doing here? Danny, you can't hurt tomorrow yet. Let's don't get too far ahead of what God's calling us to. Let's don't get too far ahead of the storm and go into next week and throw some wood on the fire for this week. Amen? Um, I'd like to call the prayer team up. Um, and we're going to go into a time of worship. And I just want to invite you guys, you know, if you have something that you need to lay down, the altar's open. If you got uh, something that you've been self-deceived on, just like I was, and you, and you need a second, I just pray that God would give you the strength and the courage to take the step you know you need to take. Sometimes we think we need to go run to the pastor. Sometimes we think we need to go run to here and run to there. But I'm telling you, when God says, what are you doing here? You can't hurt tomorrow. It's time to act. Amen. If this message has helped you today, just say hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.